Good morning, and uh, it's great to be opening up the Word of God, preaching uh, today. Um, apologies for yesterday. If you were watching the live stream, we had a few technical problems, um, hence me on Monday morning uh, re-recording the preach. But these things happen in life, so uh, just how it goes. Brilliant. So today we are going to be continuing uh, to look at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, and in particular the gifts that he brings to us. Um, it's, it's such a great um, subject to be looking at, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be, to be doing that today. One of the most remarkable things we see in Jesus' ministry is the signs and the wonders that he did, the, the, the gifts. Um, whether it's words of wisdom and knowledge, whether it is healings, miracles, uh, maybe it's discernment of what is going on, teaching or showing mercy. We see gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation in Jesus' ministry. But we also, find, we also find these gifts in operation in the early church as well. So if you read the story in the book of Acts of the early church, you'll find these gifts following through. And when we read the Bible, we find as well that it wasn't just limited in Jesus, to Jesus' ministry, wasn't just limited to the early church, um, we find that they are relevant and they are available to, uh, for us today as the church. Now, there are two main passages that deal with gifts of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. One is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through to 14. Um, there's quite a few verses there and we won't get a chance to look at them today. But a more concise passage on it we find in Romans chapter 12 and that's what we will be considering. In this passage... As elsewhere in the Bible, the illustration of the human body is used to describe how the church should function, and particularly in connection with spiritual gifts and when they are used. So as we read the passage now, um, just think about um, how, how the human body is used to describe the church functioning and uh, what we can learn from this. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having different gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exalts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. So just, just so that I am uh, clear here, what, what I'm talking about when I talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit. A gift of the Holy Spirit is an ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in the ministry of the church. And there are various different words we find in the New Testament which, which relate to gifts. One of them is workings, bursts of divine energy. I mean, how good is that? You know, wouldn't we want a few more bursts of divine energy um, in, 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 in our lives as we gather as church? Another word that seems to be, um, or phrase that seems to be the exact opposite of that is acts of service. We're also to be called to be servants of one another as we use spiritual gifts. Another word is manifestations. It, it's a, a revealing of what, where God is at work and what God is doing. 
They're also called gifts. They are things of grace. And another word that's used is spirituals, things that belong to the Spirit. So this is just a bit of an introduction. Now, when we're looking at this passage, we're going to look at it in three pairs. I'm not talking about the fruit. I'm, I'm talking about three pairs of words, like, like you get a pair of socks. So the first one is diversity and unity. The second one is spirit-empowered grace gifts. And the third pair is used and faith. So let's pick it up with diversity and unity. Here we see a diversity in gifts, but also diversity in the people he uses, but a unity in Christ. Within our culture, within society, we find that like things gather together, but different things separate. Uh, Let's take age, for example. We often find, don't we, that young people gather together, maybe middle-aged people gather together, and the older generation gather together. That just seems to be how it works. They don't often interact together very often. Or maybe if you take culture, people of similar cultures just find it much easier to gather together. Maybe there's a common language, a common value, a common way, a common way of looking at the world, and And for different cultures to mix together sometimes can be the cause of tension or misunderstanding. That's that's how society works, but that isn't how church is supposed to be. We're not meant to operate like that within church. In Galatians 3 verse 28, in the Bible it says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. These old barriers are taken down. Why? Because we've got a commonality in Jesus Christ. In fact, even former enemies now come together and don't just put up with one another, don't just have a nice polite hello on a Sunday, but we're actually called to do life together. We're called to fellowship together, to unity. Now, fellowship is an incredibly strong word. It's, it's sort of fallen out of fashion in church circles these days, but, but it's really strong. It, it speaks of a commonality, a partnership, a common Christ. Now, I, I don't know about you, whether you are watching, well, whether you watched the football last night. I don't know if you had any people around your home. Um, it, was a, it was a sad event. There were you know, a lot of sadness in my household. But maybe you had people around your house. Uh, If I'm totally honest, that really isn't fellowship. Not in the way that the Bible understands it. That's, I guess, a group of friends gathering together. Fellowship, as the Bible describes it, is much more like the England team and what they did on the pitch together. That straining for a common goal, being about a common purpose, covering one another's back, supporting one another, together in winning, together in losing, there was that togetherness that we found in the England team, which was brilliant. Well, that has a closer link to fellowship than, than maybe what we did in watching the match in our little groups at home. And, and this fellowship is the basis of church life. It's the basis of who we are together. It's the basis of unity. 
And we need it particularly when we're thinking about spiritual gifts because there is such diversity in the gifts that God gives. Just let's have a look at the ones I've read out already in Romans chapter 12. We find prophecy. We find serving, teaching, encouraging, contributing to the needs of others, leadership and showing mercy. I mean, just pause for a moment and think about this. You know, you you may be watching right now and your gift is prophecy. You know, so when you gather together with the saints on a Sunday morning, what, what you're desirous to see is the prophetic flowing and moving. Maybe you want long, meaningful times of, of worship. You want lots of opportunity for people to come to the microphone and share. And even when you get home, you're, you're judging how successful the meeting was through that prophetic lens. For others of you, it might be teaching. You know, you think, well, the Word of God must be taught really well. I mean, prophecy, for instance, is fallible. The Word of God is infallible. So we must give ourselves to the Word of God. We, well, you know, we've got to have longer than 20 minutes to open up the Word of God. That is so, so very, very important. But maybe your, your, your primary gifting is serving. And you're thinking, well, the prophets and the teachers are okay, but in truth, they just need to get on and do the stuff. If the truth were told, if they just got on and did a bit more of the stuff, church life would work so much better. Or maybe you're someone who who is gifted in that whole area, showing mercy, and you're thinking, do you know what? You know, gathered church on Sunday is all right. But our big problem is we just don't get out there enough. We're just not helping those in need enough. We just need to be overflowing with acts of kindness and mercy. Great diversity in the people God uses. Great diversity in the gifts that he has given us. But called to unity that underpins it all. And so often our views and perspectives are shaped by our background and our gifting and our own preferences. And we just need to remember, actually, we have a commonality in Christ that underpins it all. Like a human body, different parts, different functions, but working together for the good of the whole body. And in the end, whether it's prophecy or teaching or acts of mercy or serving We don't step out in these gifts for our own benefit. We step out in them to see the body, the church, strengthened, to see it edified, both diversity and unity. Secondly, and much shorter, we find they are both spirit-empowered and they are grace gifts. You know, we are recipients of God's grace first and foremost in our salvation. We we, we did not deserve to be saved. It was because of his mercy. And the gifts that we are given, they are grace gifts as well. Gifts from our loving, heavenly Father who just wants to distribute them to his children because he loves us. They're not a reward for good behavior. They're not related to how spiritually mature we are. And we, we know that because the church at Corinth was in a right old state, and yet, yet the Apostle Paul says they didn't lack any spiritual gift. Now, these are just grace gifts. And to each one of us, there isn't a single person, you may be watching right now, that you have gifts that God has given. They've been distributed to each one. And they are designed to fit you really, really well for the strengthening and the blessing of the church. But they're also spirit-empowered. 
Now, this isn't explicit in what we've read, but we do find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's very clear. It says it in verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So your serving and your prophecy are empowered by the same Spirit. Just pause for a moment. I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, I just want to pray right now for a fresh empowering of your Spirit on those who are watching this right now. I pray particular, particularly in the area of gifting. I pray for a fresh anointing on the gifting that you have given to them. I pray for a fresh stepping out, fresh faith in this, we ask. Amen. And then last, the last pair, as it were, we're going to look at is they are to be used in proportion to our faith. Romans 12, verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith. Here we find a, another pair. Um, we cannot separate the Christian walk from faith. And we find in this passage that faith plays a critical part um, in the use of spiritual gifts that we have been given. In actual fact, one of the limiting factors, I guess, as to how much blessing our, our, our gifts will have has to do with our faith, our expectancy. Do you mean as you gather on Sundays, what are you expectant for? What, what are you expecting God to do? Are, are you expecting God to use you in, in, in different ways? In, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, a church elder is told to do this. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, if elders, church leaders, are told to fan into flame the gifts that God has given to them, well, I would have thought that means all of us just need to be aware at times we need to fan into flame uh, the gifts God has given to us, that for us not to be passive. Not just to think, well, I'm sure at some point God will do something. He might waken me up. He might do something and then I'll, I'll get on and do stuff. No, no, we're to fan into flame the gifts that God has given us. We're to step out in faith and expect him to turn up. It's interesting that in um, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, we find gifts of healing and miracles there. They occur on the list. And then if you read Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, it says this. This was the Apostle Paul in Ephesus. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that were touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and evil spirits came out of them. Now, this, this clearly was not the normal course of events, even with the Apostle Paul, because it said these were extraordinary miracles. In this season of his life, in this phase of his ministry, God was doing some wonderful things through him. And I, I don't know, it just causes me to think that there are different ebbs and flows to the spiritual gifts that we have, and we're to pursue God for more. We're to pursue God for greater anointing, to see more things happening. Maybe the Apostle Paul had done that in, in his mission journey in Ephesus. We, it doesn't say he did, but, but there was this ebb and flow. And I think we have a responsibility to use the gifts that God has given us and to step out in faith and give it a go. 
So you may be sat there right now thinking, well, how do I know what gifts God has given me? I, 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 I've never really considered it before. I wouldn't know where to begin. Well, the first thing I'd ask you is, what do you desire to do? What is it you'd like to do? Would you like to pray for the sick? Would you like to prophesy? Would you like to bring a heavenly language out in, in, in a corporate context? Would you like to grow in serving or hospitality? I mean, where would you like to begin? I mean, that's a good starting point. You know, God often gets us to do things that we enjoy doing. Sometimes he gets us to do things we don't want to do as well, but, but often in sort of ministry, it's the things that energize us and we enjoy that God calls us into. Maybe you should look at the list in Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12 and pray through the list, see what jumps off the page. Maybe you could ask your Connect Group leader or your 242 leader for their opinion. And then, if I'm honest, just have a go. Step out, try some stuff and get some feedback and see what happens. Sunday mornings aren't often a very good place to have a go, but prayer meetings, Connect Groups, uh, 242 meetings, they're all good places just to step out and, and, and have a go in a meeting context. But you don't have to limit the gifts just to that. You could, you could step out. I wouldn't necessarily bring a heavenly language um, in your place of work, but, but maybe you'll have a prophetic word for someone or a word of encouragement or acts of serving or showing hospitality. There's so many different ways we can express what God has given to us. I think one of our biggest dangers is that we wait for God to do something rather than, rather than stepping out in faith and trusting that the Holy Spirit will help you as you step out. So there's three pairs. Diversity and yet unity. And we need to work hard on the unity part. Um, there is diversity and unity. Now, can I remember the other pairs? There is using the gifts and faith. That is absolutely critical. And we'll remember that they are grace gifts. They are a present from God to us. Um, they are grace gifts and they are spirit-empowered. I'm just going to pray as we close. Lord, I thank you so much that you are a good, good father. It's who you are. And I just pray as we consider this whole subject of spiritual gifts, I ask you, I ask you, Father, will you help us to develop and grow in them? I pray even now that you'll remind us of gifts that we may have forgotten about. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will uh, help us to stir up gifts that have become dormant. I pray, Lord God, that as we regather over the coming months, Lord God, we will truly be a more charismatic church than we were before lockdown started. Oh Lord, I want to pray particularly for those with prophetic gifting. Lord God, that they will, there will be a fresh anointing falling upon them, I pray in Jesus' name. I ask you for, for those with an evangelistic edge, and I know, I know that that gifting doesn't appear in either or any list. But I pray, Lord God, that you will stir those up with an evangelistic edge, those evangelistic gifting. And I pray you'll make them incredibly fruitful and effective for the glory of your name. Lord, I pray as we come out of lockdown, Lord, would we more than we have done for many, many years be a church that is active 
and moving where we are all playing our part. I ask for your grace and your blessing in it. I pray that in your precious name, Jesus. And we all said, Amen. God bless.